0: Now streaming, only on Disney Plus.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 162, and today we are talking about books being released on June 12, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Jen Northington, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com.
0: Hi. Hello there. I'm so happy to be back, like usual. I enjoy my, my once a month guest spot. I'm not going to lie.
1: Uh, you're a co-host. I wouldn't call it a guest I guess that's true. You're
0: right. It's not yeah. even a, co- a guest spot anymore. All right. I enjoy my once a month co-host. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because we have conversations about our cats.
0: Yes. Before yes. the recording. And, and actually, after. <laughs> hopefully you won't be able to hear it, but they were recording at like a little bit different time of the day than I'm used to recording. And their feeder is going to go off in like 20 minutes. And hopefully like the <laughs> chomping sounds that they make as they eat will not register. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> they're really loud eaters. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're not actual cats. Maybe not. They're I mean, fur they're sharks. little
1: monsters.
0: Yeah, yeah, tiny monsters with fur. Tiny. Very cute monsters, though. Yes. Um, related to nothing, <laughs> we're still giving away a five hundred dollar gift card to the bookstore
1: of the winner's choice. Woo I went to Oblong Books in Rhinebeck, New York, yesterday. Uh, It's a four-hour drive each way, and I just love road trips, and they have such an amazing store. So that might be a store to keep in mind, Mm,
0: you know, go on a little
1: road trip. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be where I would spend it, maybe, um, if I submitted my name, you know, under an alias.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You make Pete enter. I think that's still not allowed, actually. Yeah, No. No,
1: oh, I, but um, you just have to go to bookwright.com slash bookstore 500, and enter your name before June 21st, and you could win a $500 gift card to the bookstore of your choice. Any choice, whatever,
0: whatever, that's what choice means, anything that you want. <laughs> I'm babbling. It's a good, it's a good giveaway. <laughs> I, I want to see the picture of the stack that somebody yeah. buys with $500. I really want to see the picture. Yeah, that's all. That's all we all said. That's the like, whole. That's my demand. Show us
1: the book porn, please. Yes. Yeah, I love book haul photos. I look mm-hmm. at a lot of them on Instagram. Yes. I should, you know, be doing other things. Eh. That's what that hashtag is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I don't think I have anything else exciting to tell you except about books. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna start off. Excellent. You ready? All I'm right. ready. Buckle in. Oh no! I lied. I totally lied. Uh, First, I want to do a shout-out. I want to say hi to Chessa in Walla Walla, Washington. She got the trivia question correct when we had our Book Riot Insiders, all the books, chat. So I'm super excited that she won because Walla Walla is really fun to say. (laughs) Yeah. I would just say it all the time if I lived there. I'd just be like, Walla Walla. I might just say it all the time now anyway. (laughs) It's great fun! You know you're practicing it at home right now. (laughs) Everyone's saying it out loud, Walla Walla. Anyway, all right, now back to the books. Hi, Chelsea. Uh My first pick is Who is Vera Kelly by Rosalie Necht. So excited about this one. I'm a huge fan of her last book, which was called Relief Map. Came out with Tin House. This is also out from Tin House. Love a Tin House book. Uh, surprising no one. It's about someone named Vera Kelly. <laughs> and it's actually, there's a little thing in the beginning um, from Rosalie Necht. It's inspired by... Her own grandfather's stint in the CIA. She doesn't Ooh. know. She doesn't know hardly anything about her own grandfather except that he was in the CIA. Uh, he was let go because of some sort of like blacklist in the sixties, um, and he fell to his death off his roof later um, while he was working. And she never got to meet him, and, and she didn't know anything about him. But she knew that he worked in the CIA. She started thinking about the CIA. That's how this book came about and it's so fantastic uh it jumps back and forth in time it's like historical fiction a little bit of a spy novel um there's teen Vera in the 1950s uh she's very uh strong-willed very troubled um she lives in a very fancy house she's very privileged um but she's having a hard time with her mother she's having a hard time with her friends and her life and Um, general teenage stuff, you know. But, like, in the 1950s, it's, like, so much worse, you know, because they didn't have an understanding of, like, what kids should be allowed to do and, you know, all these strict rules and all this stuff. Um, So she's having a really difficult time. And it jumps back and forth between that and, like, 1966 in Buenos Aires. She is a spy for the CIA, like you do. Um, It takes place before the Argentine Revolution, and you sort of learn, like from her flashbacks like how she came to be recruited for the CIA how she ended up in Buenos Aires um, it's not a, it's not like Jason Bourne flat out like spy thriller you know it's if you're looking for that that's not what this is this is a really beautiful character study about Vera and and even though it's like not everyone grows up to be in the CIA it's like about how people become who they are um she's actually she's an electronics specialist which is even more exciting Um, she works with, like, wiretapping and that kind of stuff, and it's about how she became interested in that and how she got her job and, like, her isolation in this country where she has to pretend to be this, you know, sort of lazy, taking a year off from school student, uh, but she's actually, you know, a spy working against the KGB in a foreign country, um, and also about, like, the danger that she's in when there's a military coup and how she has to get out of the country. Um, I just, I absolutely loved it. So, again, it is called Who is Vera Kelly? And it is by Rosalie Necht.
0: I started that one, too. I liked it also. I'm definitely going to finish it because it did have that, like, sort of quiet but also some intrigue vibe to it. And I really like that balance. Although I do also love, like, a good Jason Bourne, like, punching other spies situation. Not (laughs) going to lie.
1: (laughs) Wait, I didn't know you could do that. Well, now I know what I want to do with my life.
0: I mean. (laughs) When do we
1: get to the punching part? They're like, please sit down, Miss (laughs) Hardy. Punching, (laughs) punching, punching. (laughs)
0: Could I be a spy in Walla Walla? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> New life goals for Liberty. <laughs> um, I'm having a super good run of nonfiction lately, which is weird for me. I don't read a ton of nonfiction. Um, But one of the parts of my job that is not punching spies is that I sometimes go to sales meetings with our sales team um, to talk to publishers about what books might be a good fit for us. And at one of the last rounds of sales meetings I did, um, we talked to St. Martin's Press and they handed whoever was in the meeting with us handed me a copy of What Truth Sounds Like by Michael Eric Dyson which is his second book. Um, the subtitle is RFK, James Baldwin and Our Unfinished Conversation about Race in America. And it's like, it didn't hurt that it's small. like It's, a, it's like, like a physically tiny book and it's a, it's a little under 300 pages. But guys this book is so good. And now I need to go back and read his first book which was Tears We Cannot Stop. I definitely need to read it. Um, so this is about a thing in US history that I had no idea about. Apparently it In the spring of 1963, Robert F. Kennedy and James Baldwin had a meeting in um, Kennedy's New York apartment. And he asked, Bobby Kennedy asked James Baldwin to, like, bring together some black creative leaders. So it was, like, Harry Belafonte and Lena Horne and Lorraine Hansberry and Jerome Smith, who was an activist who had just come from jail um, from participating in civil rights protests. And so they had this, like... It wasn't even really a conversation, though. Apparently, what ended up happening is that, like, they just ended up yelling at Bobby Kennedy for, like, three hours about how little the Kennedy administration was actually doing to advance civil rights causes. Um, And what Dyson does in this book is, like, take that meeting sort of as the starting point for talking about civil rights and also the role of artists and creative people, um, specifically Black artists and creators, in in Advancing social causes. And it's super interesting. Like he talks about, you know, Jay Z and Beyonce, and he talks about Tanahasi Coates, and he just, he talks about a ton of different things um, in contemporary culture, as well as all of these, you know, 1960s and 1970s people. Um, And like I thought I knew some stuff about the civil rights movement, but, you know, like the American education system is not, uh, how do I wanna say, thorough about these things. (laughs) Um, And so I'm always excited for a chance to learn more. And I just raced through this. It's really well written. It's really interesting. There's some juicy stuff in here. Um, And yeah, I found it super fascinating. So that again is What Truth Sounds Like by Michael Eric Dyson. Excellent. Ooh, and speaking of what things sound like, I finally Ooh. have a segue. Yes. <laughs> I'm never good at segues, but I have one this time that I just ruined by belaboring it, but it's fine. <laughs> our first sponsor is Annotated, which is our very own, one of our very own podcasts. Um, Annotated is an audio documentary podcast series about books, language, and reading. Episodes range from 15 to 25 minutes long, and they cover a whole range of bookish topics, One of the past episodes covered, for example, how J.P. Morgan's personal librarian became the most glamorous librarian in the world, and also how she was guarding a dangerous secret. There's an episode about the wild story of how 1984 came to be written and how the CIA got involved. There's an episode about the Oxford comma that starts with a love story, a super nerdy love story. So if you like podcasts like This American Life or Planet Money or 99% Invisible, you are definitely going to love Annotated. Um, And there's lots of... Of great reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is super nice. Uh, and my favorite is from a reviewer named Otters and Puffins. And it says, Annotated is one of the... (laughs) I just love that. Um, I love people's usernames. So Otters and Puffins says, Annotated is one of the most fascinating and informative podcasts I've ever come across. I can think of few shows that offer such a wonderful combination of information, storytelling, insight, and fun. So you can get Annotated for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Excellent. Indeed. Uh, Continuing
1: on with the nonfiction... I love nonfiction. Mine is a little more in the Liberty wheelhouse. <laughs> um, my next book pick is The Royal Art of Poison: Filthy Places, Fatal Cosmetics, Deadly Medicine, and Murder Most Foul by Eleanor Herman.
0: That is in your wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it's a history book by way of science and death. <laughs> it's all it's a look at the royal courts in all kinds of countries. Um, And poisoning! Uh, Back then, you know, hundreds of years ago, it was a lot easier to assassinate a king or a queen or your enemies uh, using poison. And it was done quite frequently. It often failed, um, but people came up with very inventive ways to try it. Uh, If you watch Game of Thrones, you know that Illyria of Dorne would fit right in here. With her poison kiss, um, and and also it touched, she, uh, Eleanor Herman talks about like the the role of the food taster. Um, you see them; it's like a like almost like a joke character in almost every you know medieval thing about the food mm-hmm. taster who checks the the royal food before. But it was a real thing that happened um, because you know like if you love royal families, you probably have read a lot about them, and it's it always seems like it was like I love you, you're my family until you're in my way, you know, for my. Spot on the throne, and then everybody has to go. Like, Game of Thrones is not entirely imaginary. Um, and so she talks a lot about that kind of you know behind the scenes stuff, and she also talks about how, uh, if they weren't you know trying to off each other, they were also trying you know inadvertently poisoning themselves because back then nobody knew uh, much science, and so there were just horrible, terrible things in the makeup and the mm-hmm. medicine that people use. Not that there isn't today, but. Like, like, straight up, like, it would be like finding a banana and not knowing what it was for the first time and being like, this is really good for you if you stick it in your ear. And everyone going, okay. So they'd be like, here's some mercury. Spread this all over yourself and also eat it and, you know, put it on your pets and your children and whatever. And everyone's like, yay.
0: (laughs) Because they don't know. Like, they really have
1: no idea what it's going to do. And it was bad. It was really bad. And people were, you know, falling apart, you know, like, literally because of these treatments. Um, And so she talks about that, like the different kinds of horrible poisons. It's like one part gossipy history book about the royal families and one part super gross out, like, you know, this, if you're into this kind of stuff, it's awesome. If you're not, you don't want to read about some of the things that happened to these people. Um, (laughs) But I, (laughs) me being me, I loved it. I thought it was delicious. Uh, So... If, and if you've read like *The Poisoner's Handbook* by Deborah Blum, which is about um, poisoning in the Prohibition era, uh, you'll definitely love this book. Um, I thought it was really fun and interesting, and also like ew, but awesome. So again, it's called *The Royal Art of Poison: Filthy Places, Fatal Cosmetics, Deadly Medicine, and Murder Most Foul* by Eleanor Herman.
0: Does it talk about Catherine de Medici? Oh goodness, I'm so bad with names. I don't oh well, that's know okay. If I'm gonna remember. Um, I just was thinking about it because one of my friends and I watch Rain together. We're like slowly working our way through the seasons that are on Netflix and she's always poisoning people on the show. I didn't know know that that, was
1: how you said her name.
0: uh, Oh, I could be saying. No, no, I've uh, never heard
1: it before. Like I'm excited to hear it.
0: Yeah. It's either de Medici or de Medici, but I don't know which it correctly is. Um, but anyway, I, according to my vague knowledge of history, she poisoned a lot of people. Awesome. <laughs> and according to Rain, so. But that show is like the Coachella version of medieval history, so it is not reliable. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's see. My next pick is a paranormal romance novel. Yay! It's Ocean Light by Nalini Singh. And I'm super excited to talk about this because so Nalini Singh is like the best-selling author of this Psy Changeling series, but there are 17 books in the series, and she started writing it like A while ago. Um, And so I feel like for a lot of people, and even for me, it's intimidating to try to catch up because there's so many books. You're like, oh my gosh, I'll never catch up. And in fact, I have read like, I want to say the first um, nine but oh that means goodness. I'm still I'm still like eight <laughs> behind. And she keeps publishing more, which is great, except that I literally will never catch up. So I picked this one up specifically trying to figure out if, like if you were new to her work and you wanted to dive in somewhere. Haha, dive, get it, ocean. <laughs> um, could you dive in with this one? And I think the answer is yes. Also, weirdly, it is part of a sub-series in the Psy Changeling books called The Trinity, Sidechangeling Trinity, and it's technically number two in that series, but since I'm bad at paying attention to things, I didn't know that. I still think you could start off with it, but you could also go with the one that comes immediately before it. It's all going to be look upable for you, but anyway, what Ocean Light is about is um, in this world that she has made, which is, it's like such a fun world to play in, um, there are three different sort of I don't know if it's species or what, but there's the Psy, who are, like, uh, sort of humans who have really advanced telekinetic, telepathic powers. And then there are the changelings, who can shift into animals, uh, all kinds of animals. And then there are the regular humans, sort of garden variety humans. Um, And they can all intermarry, but they've been at war sort of with each other for a long time. Um, And when ocean light picks up, there's, like, this very fragile sort of truce being built, but there are some Factions that don't want it to work, and so there's a lot of espionage and intrigue involved. Um, and this one starts because it is a romance, so there's there's a hero and a heroine. Um, and uh, Kaya Luna is the heroine, and she is a chef on a deep sea station. Um, she's a changeling, and you don't find out for a while what her like animal form is, so I'm not going to spoil that for you. Um, but she is a changeling. And she has a lot of reasons to like not like humanity and not ever want to go onto the surface. And you sort of find those out as the story goes along. Um, but her cousin, her like very beloved cousin, is a doctor, and they are running an experiment with like the cooperation of these humans that they are trying to like build this alliance with. So the head of this human alliance, like, was the victim of an assassination attempt, and they healed him, but he also has a special chip in his head that's supposed to protect him from psychic attacks and the chip is like degrading is going to kill him and the changelings think they know how to fix it but he like he could also be brain dead they're not sure if it's going to work or not so he's an experimental subject Um, so he wakes up on the undersea station and like doesn't really remember much except that somebody tried to shoot him and so he's trying to catch up with what's going on and she kind of like hates him at first sight because reasons (laughs) and um and the story goes out from there and from sort of the unfolding of their relationship, you also learn a lot about like the different sides of these factions and this different truce and you get like a little peek into some of the other characters in the world and I just think it's like such a fun concept and Nalini Singh is so good at interspersing action sequences in there so there are like you know they're trying to track down traitors and they're they have to like go on missions and then also you know the heroine is a chef so she's like making blackberry pie and then fighting with this guy Bowen who's the one with the chip in his head and it's just really enjoyable Um, I totally get sucked into them every time I read one and I think it is a super good uh, this side Changeling Trinity sub-series is a good place if you want to dive in but don't want to go all the way back to number one. You can always do that later. Uh, so that is Ocean Light by Nalini Singh. Does she punch spies with pies? Um, oh my gosh, no, but I wish she did. <laughs> when <laughs> when they are tracking the spies, she does not have any pie with her. Alas. <sighs> I know. What a missed opportunity. Maybe in the next one. Poisoned pie.
1: <laughs> I'm there trying you go. all of these together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. My next pick is called Convenience Store Woman. It's by Sayaka Murata, and it is translated by Ginny Tapley Takamori. It is a delightful novel about a girl named Kiko. She is sort of a precocious, little bit unusual girl when she's young. She lives in Japan with her parents, and she doesn't really fit in. Um, And her parents are kind of worried about her and what she's going to be like when she grows up and and what's going to happen to her. Uh, And she goes away to school, uh, and she's like 18. She gets a job at a convenience store, and her parents are so happy. Like, she's going to, like, socialize and be around other people, and she's going to make money, and this is all great. Um, and she enjoys it. She sort of adapts to her surroundings. She begins, like, imitating her co-workers, like, how they dress and how they speak so sort of, like, fit in. And she makes this her thing, and, like, that's her, like, happy place. Um, but then, later on in the book, she's now 36 years old. She's still working the same job. Um, she's still happy. She's, you know, this is what she likes. But her parents are worried because she's not, um... She's not adhering to the social norms for a woman her age. Like, she's never had a boyfriend. She's not, um, She doesn't have children. She's still working her same job. Uh, and, you know, what are people going to think? And, you know, what are they going to do? Um, and then this young man comes to work at the store who is kind of a lost soul himself. And it sort of disrupts her routine. Um, it's just this really sweet, beautiful, a little bit unusual novel about conforming. And societal expectations on people in Japanese culture, um, and it it was pitched to me as sort of like Amelie in a convenience store, so I was like, okay, you know, because Amelie is amazing, um, and I just I thought it was it was really sweet. So again, it's called Convenience Store Woman, and it's by
0: Sayaka Murata. I'm hearing such good things about this book. I'm I really have to pick it up. The cover is so cute too. It is. It's, it's really good. Good cover. Yes. So.
1: I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor now. Okay. It is Penguin Random House Audio. Because this episode of All the Books is also brought to you by Penguin Random House Audio. If you want to give audiobooks a try for your next book club pick but you don't know where to start, they can provide uh, suggestions, suggested questions, discussion points, and recommended titles. Today they're recommending Do This For Me, written and read by Eliza Kennedy, about a woman named Rainy who is a high-powered attorney, loving wife, and dedicated mother, but after one bombshell phone call, everything changes. They say that your book club will enjoy this brilliant off-kilter heroine and her quest of discovering herself. So visit tryaudiobooks.com slash bookriot and bring your book club meetings to a new level and start listening today. We have a link to that in the show notes so you can try that out. And we thank them for sponsoring.
0: Mm Hmm. Okay. I have another sci-fi pick, but it is, um, I don't want to call it a downer, but it's a really intense book. It's Revenant Gun by Yoon Ha Lee. It's the third book in the machine, excuse me, machine, mer- Wow, I just lost all ability to speak. (laughs) Let's try that again. It's Revenant Gun, and it is the third book in the Machineries of Empire series. There we go. Um, And this one comes with trigger warnings for rape and coercion. I'm not going to get into the specifics of the plot on the show, um, but if those things are triggers for you, you'll want to give this one a miss. Um, I'm not going to talk about the plot a lot at all because this is book three, so literally everything I could tell you about this book would be a spoiler um, if I were to get specific about the plot. But I just wanted to bring it up because I am so incredibly impressed with this series. It is hands down... Are like, in my top three favorite sci-fi series of all time at this point. Whoa. Yeah, I know. And I'm saying that because each book, like, the first book starts out and you're like, what is going on? Like, it's very, you get just get dropped into this weird world that runs on bizarre maths and you have no idea what's going on and somebody is possessed by, like, a sociopath ghost and they're at war and you're like, what is happening? Um but if you hang with it, you start to see it. And it's so original and unique and amazing. And then book two was even better because it switched perspectives. And so everything you think you knew at the end of book one, you're like, wait, do I know anything that's going on now? And it takes the whole book for you to be like, okay, I, wait, what? Um, and then this book really expands on the universe and, and book two started to do this, but book three really leans into asking these incredibly difficult and complicated and like morally uh, like uncomfortable questions about, about coercion and compulsion and identity. And like, if you know that somebody is setting you up to be a monster and you don't want to be a monster, like what happens when you do monstrous things anyway even as you're trying to fight it and and it's it's just it's like a really messed up world and the characters are so have so many layers and so many complications and Lee just throws in so many twists and turns it's really sometimes hard to keep your bearings in a way that's just incredibly impressive um and i just think that I don't know. Like, I don't know that I've read anything else quite like it, which is so rare and so special. Um, And I'm going to be thinking about this book for a really long time. And I'm going to have to, like, I'm compelled to go back and reread all of them. And I have very little time for rereading. But I'm going to make it happen because... I have the feeling that if I do go back, I will see sort of some of the threads that were laid um, in the first book that will take me through to the third book. But like you don't know those necessarily as you read for the first time. And I really want to like see it in all of its crazy glory. But yeah, this is just an incredible trilogy. This is a mind-blowing third book. It's, it's really, really, really good. So yes. So that is Revenant Gun by Yoon Ha Lee. I will stop gushing now.
1: Awesome. It's kind so of, good. Kind of writing those coattails. I realized um, a couple episodes ago I mentioned the Murderbot series while we were discussing them. And I realized I don't think I talked about Murderbot oh. on the show. Um, because I didn't actually read it right when it came out. So I didn't do a new books thing about it. And the second one came out a few weeks ago. And the third one is out in August. And there's a fourth one in October. And I love this series. I mm-hmm. love this series so much. And she just won... Oh my goodness, was it The Hugo?
0: Yeah, it was The Hugos.
1: The, the Hugo for this. It's, it's, a, it's one of the tour.com novellas. The first one is called All Systems... Oh, no, wait, systems. it was The
0: Nebulas. I lied. Was the Hugos aren't done yet. The Hugos aren't done yet, yes. Okay,
1: yeah, I, I can't keep track anymore. It's like there's an award every week now. <laughs> but she won it because it's awesome. So the first one is called All Systems Red, and it's by Martha Wells. I have been talking about her like we already know who she is. Um, it's Martha Wells, and it's about Murderbot, which is the name that the... The being in the books gave itself. Um, basically, it opens off planet. It's in the future. There are these sort of security robots that accompany people on outings to other planets. Like so, the Murderbot is the name that it gave itself. So that's what I'll refer to it as. Um, it it is accompanying this team that is digging, like looking. It's a team of scientists and doctors and stuff. They're looking for stuff on this other planet. Um, you rent the the equipment, and you are required to have a a security robot go with you um, as part of your insurance. Like, because if something happens, you know, like you're attacked by some off-world creature or something like that, you need to have have it there. So, like the murderbot is sort of outfitted with like it looks like um, kind of like a Robocop. Mm. It's like part of it is made of organic parts, and part of it is made of like robot parts. Like, it it has like guns in its arms and Um, It's given commands, and it has like all these rules that it follows because it's been programmed that way. However, Murderbot has hacked its own system and is now its own robot, but it doesn't want anyone to know. So it likes to hang out in its pod away from the humans and uh, basically binge Netflix shows. (laughs) Like, it's discovered, it calls it the entertainment feed. And so Murderbot is, like, the most hilarious character. It's this deadly, um, strong robot, but also it's really sarcastic and doesn't want to talk to anybody, but it doesn't want anyone to know that it has, you know, figured out how to become its own, its own robot, because then they'll like, take it offline or, you know, get rid of it or something. So um, it's on this mission with these people, and things go terribly wrong, and so now it has to, like, make its own decisions, and it's just, it's so, so funny and so much fun. I don't want to tell you anything else about the other ones, because, like you were saying, those are spoilers to explain the other books, but um, I loved them all. I love Murderbot,
0: and, it, again, the first one is called All Systems Red, and it's they all are by Martha Wells. Uh my last pick is another nonfiction. It is called Advice for Future Corpses and Those Who Love Them: A Practical Perspective on Death and Dying by Sally Tisdale. Um, it felt like a morbid choice, I guess. Um but like you know, I'm a cemetery grave gardener, so I feel like it's fine. It's in my wheelhouse. And this is a really interesting book. I'm about halfway through it and the author, Sally Tisdale, is a palliative care nurse and also a Buddhist. And I had never heard of palliative care before. So I guess it's it's similar to hospice in that... Um, it's for people with chronic illnesses, but the difference is that hospice is specifically intended for people who are, like, very close to dying, and palliative care is apparently for people wherever they are in their sort of journey with illness. So you have to be terminally ill, or excuse me, yeah, you have to be chronically ill but it might not. You might not be dying anytime soon, um, or you might not know because that's the other thing we never know. Um, and I was really, res- I was really surprised um, by my reaction to this book. She's a very good writer, and um, it is not like specifically a book about you know the Buddhist practice around dealing with grief and death. Um, but she is a practitioner, so she you know drops those nuggets in there. Um, but she is she's a uh, she's very practical and very upfront and like occasionally very like gallows humory about it but also some of the parts of this book like I could feel triggering my anxiety around certain fears. Um, And I had to read some of it like in little tiny sections and then put it down and pick something else up and then go back to it because I was having like a very strong reaction to some of the stuff that she was talking about um, that are just like, you know, thinking about the process of death and dying like can be very anxiety provoking. And she knows that. And she's specifically saying like, One of the ways to prepare for this is to think about it, even though it will make you anxious and feel crazy. Um, And that's that was hard to read about. The other thing that I found that I was surprised at my reaction to this is there's you know, there's been a lot of talk and a, a lot more books are coming out around death and dying and like funeral practices and, you know, global perspectives on, you know, how we treat you know, people who are ill, and how do we treat bodies once, you know, our our friends have died, and all of that stuff. Um, And and she's aware of that, and she's she's kind of speaking in certain moments to this tradition. But... But she's also talking a lot about, like, what a good death can look like and what deaths that she's witnessed. And she's talking about how, like, you know, there's this one section where she's talking about how, like, you know, you can have this private room in a hospital and the nurses will be really good to you and, like, all this stuff. And I I don't know if it's just because I'm fighting with my insurance company right now about something, but I was like, (laughs) yeah, who's going to pay for that? Like, how much does that cost? Like, I got very, like... I don't know, aggro in my brain about like, who can afford that though? Like, tell me Sally, like how much does that cost? Um, And I found myself Googling (laughs) and it turns out a lot of this stuff is technically, you know, covered by health insurance, apparently, which I didn't know. And assuming your insurance company actually covers what it says it will, which is the thing that I'm fighting with them about right now. But uh, it is a very different sort of book than any ones that I've read in a while. Um, And so if this is a topic that you are interested in thinking about or that you are being forced to think about because somebody in your life is struggling with terminal or chronic illness um, and you want to like really dig into it, I would definitely recommend it. But yeah, like you have to really want to dig into it and spend some time thinking about it because this is literally an entire book about what it looks like when people are dying. So, you know, might not be for you and that's cool. But but if it is something you're looking for, I do think it would be very useful. And I'm finding it helpful. I have some, you know, aging family members who a lot of this stuff is gonna be relevant in not too long. So again, that is advice for future corpses by Sally Tisdale. All right. I know that's a weird way to end the show. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't think about that.
1: Sorry, it's. I have that book. I just haven't read it because I knew you were going to read it for the show. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, So we made. I am a little disappointed. I did not hear angry munching cats. Um,
0: Oh, you didn't hear them? They were so loud. I'm amazed that you did not hear them (laughs) chomping
1: away. Well,
0: I guess that's what having a good mic will do for you. That's so funny. So mm-hmm.
1: what are you going to read next?
0: Well, like I said, I'm going to try to carve out some room in my reading schedule to reread all of the Machineries of Empire books. Um, the first is Nine Fox Gambit, and I own all of them, so I'm really excited about that project. What about you?
1: I found a graphic novel yesterday that I did not know was in existence called Calamity Jane, The Calamitous Life of Martha Jane Can't canary. Can- uh, can- canary. I'm assuming it's Canary. I said it wrong the first time. <laughs> and mm. uh, I, I didn't actually know her whole name. Like, I've, you know, I just know her as Calamity Jane, as a big Deadwood fan. Mm. Um, I, I love uh, that show. Uh, so it's it's a graphic novel, and apparently was nominated for the Eisner Award for Best Reality-Based Work. And it's Ooh. enormous! So I'm super excited. It's giving me um, thrilling adventures of Loveless and Babbage vibes,
0: which mm. is what I'm hoping
1: for. So I think that's, that's what I'm going to read next. Nice. Uh, so... Woohoo!
0: Mm hmm. Oh, should I do this section? I can do this section.
1: Well, oh, all right, go for
0: it. I'll do it. Okay. Still getting used to this co-hosting thing. Well, that is all for today. Um, to remind you, you can enter our bookstore $500 gift card giveaway at bookriot.com slash bookstore 500. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find Liberty on Twitter at... It's Miss Liberty, right? Okay, good. I still... I, I, I always and will forever think of you as friends and comes alive. <laughs> but your Twitter is Miss Liberty, and i'm on tumblr it's jenirl.tumblr.com and that's jen with two n's and if you get a chance please do leave us a review on apple podcast it helps other people to find the show and who knows maybe we will read your review on air one of these days
1: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today or books in general we just don't have the time but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter so in the meantime
0: happy reading happy reading oh my gosh side note liberty i want i went to see that book club movie and (laughs) okay jane fonda says happy reading at one point in the movie and i was like "Uh, it's us